Hello everyone, welcome back. I know it's been a little quiet on my end. I spent a couple of weeks working on a different project that you'll find out about very soon. And I'm really excited about it. But I was also excited to get back to podcasting and interviewing, to talking to you guys, and also getting to chat and know some really amazing people in the metaphysical spiritual community. Now, coming up in the month of June, I will be doing a new episode, at least one new episode each week spotlighting a member of the LGBTQ plus community who is also active in our community. And I really want to spotlight those voices because I feel like there are quite a few out there and I hope to introduce you to some of the best. Kicking us off is Dr. Rich Monusky. He's a doctor of chiropractics. He's also a registered nurse and licensed in Reiki. He is also a student of Barbara Brennan's School of Healing, and I honestly can't wait to pick his brain. It's a school of healing that I was considering attending, and I still might. Today, we're talking about energy work and the place that it could have alongside modern medicine. I'm excited for you guys to meet Dr. Rich, so let's dive right in. I'm your host, Ray Madrano, and welcome to Woo Woo. Dr. Rich Minuski, how are you doing today? Welcome to Woo Woo. It's our comfy little metaphysical corner. I could not think of a better name to be on my first podcast. Thank uh, you. I am great. So <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. So you are a doctor. You are a chiropractic doctor, and you're also an RN, correct? Yes, I went back for my nursing degree during COVID. And... Did you work with COVID patients at all during that time? Um, no, that actually was part of the reason why I went back to school. Uh, I actually contacted a lot of local hospitals. I'm right outside New York City. And as a chiropractor, we were not wanted during the pandemic. So I was sitting at home for quite some time doing nothing when nobody wanted to be seen in person. Yeah, that was that was such an interesting time. And one that I'm I feel like it has a place in a lot of my conversations coming up. However, the censorship on some of the platforms is a little strange. It's kind of like, okay, we all suffered this massive experience. You know, the world experienced it and, uh, and we're not allowed to talk about it, which is kind of weird. I don't know. It's a little sketch. Um, so tell me more about your upbringing. Like what led you into the medical field and the medical profession? Oh, um, you know, I think as you get older, uh, wisdom starts to set in and your answers may change. Um, being in my thirties now, I was the first in my family to go to college. My mom was a welder. My father was an electrician. It was a lot of self-guidedness as far as wanting to help people. My mom was a real caretaker for a lot of people in my life. So I think that, I think that rubbed off on me. And I was really good in school naturally. I was a class clown because I always was distracting everybody else because learning was never an issue for me. Um, so I would say originally I wanted to be a doctor to help people in a general sense. And science and math were just my, my go-tos as far as what I felt good in. Yeah. I, 
as far as profession goes, I mean, I fell in love with neuroscience in undergrad, so that's my bachelor's degree. Uh, when I was in undergrad, I wanted to be an emergency room physician, and I worked in an emergency room um, while in undergrad. And I was actually um, married before I was now. This is my second marriage. And um, my relationship influenced my decision. And I actually went to chiropractic school, never being adjusted or seeing a chiropractor before. Really? Um, yeah. I, I just couldn't get it. <laughs> I could not get into a medical school where my ex was. And I wanted to stay in my relationship. So I went on a whim and I deferred my original plan and we ended up separating before i even started chiropractic school but i went with it i started to actually shadow a lot of chiropractors and i was starting to see the difference between medicine and chiropractic as far as the patient doctor relationship it was no longer about the ego or the status of what i was doing it started to change my thought process of how is this patient going to like my interaction? Are they going to remember me? And am I going to be significant in the future of this patient? And yeah. that kind of just threw me into chiropractic completely. Um, and I loved it from day one in school. That's really cool. What did you think about the first time you got adjusted? Yeah. So my first adjustment was actually by um, a student because when you're a chiropractor, you do clinicals and you adjust new students. So that was my introduction. Um, and I, I loved it and I could not, and I always would tell my patients this as somebody that didn't get chiropractic growing up, it is such a difference that I couldn't imagine not incorporating it into my life and wish I knew about it before my mom, like it was in my family. I just never saw the significance for myself. Yeah. And especially being an athlete and um, loving to exercise, it, it just goes hand in hand. Yeah, I feel like every time I see a photo of you on Twitter, you're just leaving <laughs> some athletic activity or hot yoga or something like that. It's <laughs> really fun. It's very entertaining because when I don't get the time to do it, I feel like I live vicariously through you. you know? There you go. I, um, I love to take care of myself. For sure. So I have to ask because you, you brought it up and if it's okay, mm -hmm. well, your first marriage was that a same-sex marriage? No, no, I was in a, a heterosexual relationship okay. um, for nine years. It was my high school um, girlfriend, and then we got married in college. Um, and then she said after we got married that she no longer had the same feelings. So it, I'm a cancer um, to the T, and that, and I was really young. I got married at 21 in yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. I have teenage parents, um, so I kind of fit the whole stereotype of that. And my whole focus at the time was we were together for eight years. Let's just lock it down and live life together. And yeah. I was just so naive. And um, yeah, but it all worked out for the best because here I am. Here you are. And tell me, where exactly is that? Where, where do you find yourself <laughs> on the spectrum of of our community? Ooh, um you know, so I think my spirituality really changed a lot of this for me. I really see human beings as genderless, which may be taboo in a lot of um, discussion. I don't uh, know. That could be like some people saying they don't see color. 
<laughs> right. I, you know, where we're, we are, the, true, the truth behind what I believe is that we are a mix of masculine and feminine energy. Um, you know, you can do different ratios to describe yourself and how you identify. Yeah. But to me, attraction really comes down to the connection with somebody else. And it doesn't really matter what the physical manifestation is. Yeah, I, I definitely, I see through that lens as well. Um, I, I feel like I would pre I prefer relationships with men and the same sex. This is so weird. I, this is the first time I've publicly talked about even my stuff. Oh. I know this is a big thing, but you know, we're embracing pride month and I kind of have this whole statement that I've been working on and putting together really for me, pride. I feel like this is the first, I'm almost 40 I'm, I'm 39 years old. And this is the first pride ever as an adult that I felt like I've truly embodied that spiritually, personally, in my body, uh, in my sexuality. And it doesn't have to be like me going to a parade and getting, you know, smashed or, you know, it doesn't have to be me wearing rainbows all over the place. But, you know, I do kind of laugh at the people that have said they're so triggered by rainbows. And I'm like, you realize that's a prismatic effect. Like it's, it's science. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just like the spectrum getting split, but it's all around us. Anytime you look at light and, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really get that, but it's to me the first time I've been comfortable talking about spirituality, metaphysics, mm. and I don't know, it's, it's kind of a big deal for me. I'm sure I'm probably, cause I haven't even announced this podcast theoretically, like on my mains. Okay. So, so this is going to be big. This is going to be huge. Awesome. And, and all of the people that I'm lining up, like yourself uh, that are participating in this one, that I'm really excited about. Um, and I'm sorry to, to digress with that. So, I just mean, I say all of that to, what's the word? Use your words, Ray, <laughs> to just really relate with what you're talking about. Mm. Um, because for me, sexuality is like a little physical, but more, you know, in the heart mm. and the vibe and the chemistry, but also like the the frequency chemistry, like not the physics, not the pheromones, you know? You know what I mean? Like, I totally get it. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I really thank you for sharing that. And now you are in a same-sex relationship? Or I am. I am or... married again. I That's met right. my now husband in chiropractic school. Um, we're going on 10 years together. And wow. Yeah, I'm just long-term relationship material here. Congratulations. Uh, That's like forever in gay years. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it is. Um. So I want to explore and dive a little bit deeper into how Reiki and energy work came, in, came into play for you. Because yeah, to my understanding, as I was researching you, I had no idea you were certified in Reiki or that you were a Reiki practitioner. And then I went to your website and dug a little deeper. Tell me how that came into play with what you were doing already. Sure. Um, so I would say, you know, once uh once I graduated from chiropractic school, I went right into private practice. I never worked for another chiropractor, and it wasn't the path that I saw for myself. And I think that um when I went into private practice, I kind of gotten into more of the alternative path. Um I started to do a lot of pregnancy and pediatric chiropractic care in my office originally. 
And that just put me into a lot of people in um, bringing up a lot of conversation. So one thing about my practice is I spent a lot of time with all of my patients. Yeah. So a lot of that conversation would go around what they like and stuff like that. And I would hear a lot about Reiki. I had some Reiki practitioners um, in my office and I took Reiki one and two. Do they do that? Um, because I know that in a lot of massage schools, they will teach a Reiki modality somewhere in there. Did that happen with you in chiropractic uh, school or uh, college? Oof. This is, yeah, this is recorded. Um, That's so okay. I can edit anything no, out. It's, so you can... No, it's okay. I'm going to be a hundred percent truthful. So yeah. chiropractic is a very divided profession. Um, chiropractic was originally founded with a lot of religion or influence in the body, spirituality, saying that the adjustment aligns us and connects us to source. Whereas a lot of chiropractic schools, including the one I graduated from, New York Chiropractic College at the time, it's now renamed, I don't even know what it's name now, um, but that was very medical based. So we basically did medical school and a lot of our education was away from that. So it was a lot about the modalities like electric stim, muscle work, and stuff like that, um, stepping away from that. So my school would, um, there's actually a chiropractic technique called the network spinal analysis, which is basically a chiropractic version of energy work. Um, and my school wow. was, yeah, it, uh, hundred per <laughs> I go to a practitioner in New York city. I, I highly recommend looking into it. Yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm, it's on my list to learn amongst everything else that I'm already doing. Um, <laughs> Same. but my school really talked down about it. So I never paid any mind to it. I was like, you know, programmed to think the way that I was being taught. And then I goop lab, um, spotlighted network spinal analysis. And then I went and I got um, personal and a, a personal experience by getting adjusted that way. And it was wild. Um, so long story short, uh, in school, my school, no, in other chiropractic schools, probably not Reiki, but maybe like network would be taught because yeah. it's more of a chiropractic thing. Um, but no, yeah. normally we're not. Interesting. So, I'm still shook on the fact that that chiropractic work is was more religious and um, spiritual. I mean, I, I get I get that there's aspects of like because my chiropractor that I go to also has like a traditional Chinese medicine um, specialist there, and so I I guess that's more. I don't know. I'm just really surprised to hear that, but also kind of grateful to hear that. Um, although it is unfortunate that uh, the school you went to was kind of shunning away from that because I feel like mm. there isn't a big enough space in medicine and holistic practice. Mm. Uh, right now, kind of the big thing that I'm going through is as I'm working on my project to help and heal people in my way, uh, I am not a doctor. I am not a medical practitioner, all of the certifications and anything woo, I say, like a lot of them are just, they're not regulated by anything. So it's really right. a piece of paper. And that's unfortunate because there are some programs that are a little bit better structured. So then it feels more like a, like a real school or it feels like a real Absolutely. thing. And, and I definitely want to use this to lead into what you're doing right now, but we're going to make the awesome. audience wait a little bit more. Um, but for me, you know, there's that fine line of like snake oil 
you know, stuff that actually, mm. actually works tried and true. Mm. And I feel like there isn't a big enough space and a welcoming space for holistic medicine or naturopathic things in, in the medical environment. Would you agree with that? A hundred and ten percent. We are so programmed to, to follow suit and to outdated models and to limit ourselves from experiences that can truly change and transform our lives to take at face value anybody saying anything as absolute or especially when medicine itself has changed drastically over the years yeah um it's kind of silly to believe with blind faith that nothing outside of what is said as to be right is not real yeah so i, I will th that being said <laughs> have you gone down the rabbit hole of youtube videos of the uh reality is a hologram theme or topic <laughs> uh, you know i i would say i probably dabbled in it because spirituality my mind is just so expansive to what i truly believe as yeah. our existence yeah. so i probably have <laughs> do you find that in the process of exploring spirituality versus science that your mind can be so open that you just you basically screw yourself into a corner and you're like, I don't know what I believe. Like I believe so many different things and they might contradict each other. Do you find yourself in that Ooh. space ever? I think for me, a lot of my, what I'm drawn to in the spirituality world all makes sense. And it's almost like a deeper knowing um, to where in, you know, in chiropractic school and in nursing school, there's been things where I'm like, this is kind of like outdated and there's, stuff that we should be doing instead yeah. yeah it doesn't change because we're all about the criteria to be this and spirituality has so many different avenues yet they all kind of overlap and fit together which yeah. is the most beautiful part of it for me that's really cool i gotta ask and again and this kind of ties into what you're doing now but being a member of the LGBTQA plus community. I, I don't know officially what it is now. So usually I'll stop at QA plus somewhere around there. And uh, I need to do better to understand that and study it more. But um, would you say that that has played a role in your compassion or ability to heal other people? Oh, um, I think a lot of being a healer or somebody that wants to genuinely help other people, it really starts with wanting to help yourself. Sure. Um, I think that the benefit of being in the LGBTQIA community is that you get more comfortable with who you are versus, um, well, some people, I mean, some people still suppress who they are. But I think the more you are able to tap into that, what makes you you, the more you can open it for everybody else. That's really cool because I think there's a lot of people that would like to say it doesn't matter, you know, that they're going to treat everybody the same and they're going to heal everybody the same. And in a perfect world, that's wonderful. But I also feel like there's a fair amount of experience that you encounter that anyone who has, when you, when you're so, when you're told you don't belong, or you don't fit in or that you're going to hell or, you know, when you're told something negative like that, 
it requires a certain amount of strength to overcome, you know, living past what society is labeling you as. And, and I feel like that's so powerful for someone in your position. And, you know, thank you for what you do, because to my understanding too, you're also, you're working with the community now, correct? Doing HIV testing. Can you tell us more about what you're working on now? Absolutely. So my husband and I founded a nonprofit um, clinic. We are, we retired from private practice last October and we opened a 340B HIV and PrEP clinic. We're based out of Florida and we're soon to announce our second location um, in the very near future. Thank you. Very cool. Um, Yeah. And our services are accessible in 22 states virtually. We are it's so, it's so funny because this, this is where my passion comes out because this feels like my peacock moment of healthcare where I get to be the creator of something that already exists, but make it our own. Yeah. So we're really big with giving back to our patients. So we do copay assistance. We put uninsured patients on health insurance and we're just starting. So we, we only started in October and we're making some really big announcements and I don't want to rush it, but um, we're going to be providing a lot of different care that is needed in the community um, for no, no, re- no, like the pay- at no cost to our patients, which is what I think healthcare should be. It should be accessible. People shouldn't be questioning what they need or deciding if they need it. It should just be there. And that's what yeah. I get to do now. That's so cool. That's wonderful. I got to say, thank you. That's, oh, I, and you get to, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like you get to peacock it a little bit. That's, yeah. that's so beautiful. So what led it, you into that from being like having a, you know, a chiropractic practice? Sure. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of things and I am very open about it in private practice. I never enjoyed the monetary part of business. I, was always uncomfortable asking for money for my services. I undercharged in Manhattan and would have to see a lot of patients to to make up for that. And yeah. it, it took away from me in a lot of avenues. And when I, my husband and I went into nursing, we had the amazing opportunity to do our clinicals in a clinic like ours. And that just opened our minds to, and we started watching It's a Sin, and it was like the universe was, you know, like when they say you just are guided to do something, yeah. it all just started to fall into place. And to be honest, it was a, it was a hard couple years because we were trying to open up this nonprofit and to go through government, um, to, to get approval and all that. It was yeah. hard to do that alongside private practice because in one sense, I'm trying to continue my practice and be there for my patients that I'm currently taking care of. And on the other side, I'm preparing to completely not be a chiropractor anymore and yeah. to go into a whole different realm. And now I'm a, the chief operating officer and I'm doing jobs that I never thought I would be doing. And I just had to own it. Yeah. So do you see yourself still? Cause you, I saw, I saw a post you did a couple of days ago about coming out of retirement. Mm -hmm. And do you see yourself working with people directly like that again in some way? 
So I, I am jumping the gun a little bit here. But, am, I, um, am I encroaching on one of your announcements that's coming out? Yeah. Okay. Um, we, I'm going to present to the board if they want me to. I would love to give pro bono care to our patients at uh, the Healthcare Unity Group. So my husband and I were having a discussion one night and it was like, you know, alternative medicine is at the back of what people take care of themselves for. Yeah. We have this amazing clinic that has an umbrella of what it can do. And here I am as a licensed chiropractor and I have the accessibility to provide that care. And to be honest, I used to practice all over Manhattan and now I get to really take care of core people that are the vulnerable populations that, yeah. that truly need this work, that can't get this work anywhere else. And that, I mean, I get goosebumps, but that is what drives me. Um, I want to connect with those people. so. I can't say it's a definite, but I could see myself. Um, I, I love what I do. I love connecting with people. Yeah. And if I got the opportunity, I would definitely take it. That's wonderful. Yeah. Are you still, so are you still in Manhattan? Did I hear uh, you say I, earlier? I, I live in New Jersey, right outside Manhattan. Okay. You're in Jersey. And do you see yourself moving to Florida anytime soon? I, I've actually always thought I would live in Florida. Um, I am a, warm weather lover yeah. I, any time of year. And uh, I think I'm going to be a snowbird is the best way to. Of course you are. My, of course you are. <laughs> what my realistic plan would be. I used to live in Key West. I actually lived a couple of oh. keys north of Key West uh, on Kajoki in Summerland at one point. And uh, we had a lot of snowbirds. And the people that owned the house that I rented, they lived in Jersey. They lived outside of Asbury Park. Okay, and, you stuck close to me. Yeah. yeah, wonderful gay couple, and I used to rent out their vacation home, and uh, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous house. Like if I could live there, I, I would still live there. But wow. um, yeah, but the I got to say, like the property and stuff down there is kind of like here in LA. I, I joke with my mom that my my apartment complex is in a million dollar neighborhood because even like the cruddiest house in the neighborhood in you know my area is like two bedroom one bathroom falling apart and still like a million dollars i'm like wow you know wow. <laughs> i don't know it's that probably. i'll be able to own a home anytime soon but i'll just get to work on my manifestation <laughs> skills you know there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um so thank you sorry sorry for the side note i'm going to try to get us back on track I um it. i have to ask reiki sounds kind of woo uh, and it's not, I'm not going to shade Reiki at all. Um, <laughs> or as my partner would call it Reiki. Uh, but I found that it, it's, I think about it as like a way to get from point A to point B. So mm -hmm. you get your mind and your energy and your consciousness to shift and you go into a place where energy is flowing and then you're able to manipulate the outcome of the energy or facilitate, you know, for, for me, mm -hmm. I think of, I don't like to call myself a healer because I feel like I'm a healing facilitator. You know, I can get into your energy field. I can do the shamanic journey. We can pull your soul back together. We can do all of these wonderful things, but it really, it, you gotta get it from the person. The person has to heal themselves on some right. level. They have to be open to it. They have to flow. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it the same way in chiropractic practice? 
basis. <laughs> like, you know, people can't be like, you were talking to me about the same muscle pattern, tendency, like mm -hmm. habit. Um, tell, tell me more about your thoughts on the healing process, energetically and physically, like where do the two bridge? Talk to me. The they are entangled like no other. And <laughs> that is the most beautiful thing about it all. I mean, our bodies tell a story just as much as our energy does. What you're not willing to address turns into so many different things. Yeah. And you can, and if a practitioner really pays attention to the person in front of them, they could read you to filth before even having to do a normal exam because you can just tell by the way you, people stand or motion. by how your muscles hold you know if your shoulders are up by your ears you're you're not relaxed you're a tense person you're always thinking yes. if your neck is always rigid yeah you you're you're you there's a there's just the body tells a story and muscles like to be loose and relaxed and they are only not when we are not listening to ourselves and that goes from a physical standpoint on what we do on a daily basis you know you have people that push themselves through pain which I would never recommend yeah and then you have people that you mean like people don't with injuries or yeah that are I, I would just say that you know you it hurts when I pick up my my phone every day but i still do it oh, and yeah. it's like well this is my body telling me this is not good for me i yeah. need to figure out how to fix this and it's just that it's we're just so programmed to be productive and to to push through it to get through the day that we don't listen to what we need and would you levels. would you say or would you you know i'm really curious to know your thoughts on if you believe that those sorts of ailments happen in the energetic field around the body before they become physical. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I, I am. Okay. Um, and I, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, my credentials is are whatever, but being somebody that is educated in a lot of different fields, I, I have a strong sense that energetically is the reason why a lot of things happen and that, if you can't learn to grow and heal yourself, it's going to turn into physical and ailments that would be later treated by other modalities like medicine. Yeah. But I do think that it, I think we create in our own field. I think we're very sensitive and we don't realize it. And the more we turn into spiritual beings, we will make that the focus of our health over everything else. Yeah. And I think it was Dolores Cannon who said, if you make yourself sick, you can make oh. yourself healthy or something like that. I just came across her content and I am like dying <laughs> to read all of her books. Yeah, I'm I dying to read her book. <laughs> so a friend of mine actually, and I hope to have her on the podcast, connected me with one of her students because um, wow. I was looking at possibly doing that training, her QHHT training. And a friend of mine connected me with the mutual, you know, somebody else. And we talked on the phone yesterday for four hours. Oh like, little, like I felt like a schoolgirl back in, you know, like in the nineties, <laughs> kicking my feet up on the wall with the cord. You know, we, we were talking forever. <laughs> and honestly, I felt so bad because I could tell like at certain points I was trying to get off and she was trying to get off, but we were just like, Oh, but we can't shut up. You know, we were just 
geeking out and, and she was like, man, I, I don't have anybody to talk to about this outside of people in class. And uh, uh, she was like, you know, I'm glad that we connected. And, but she, you know, I was probing her about the uh, Academy and, and what her thoughts were on it. I think it's a really powerful technique. And I discovered Dolores Cannon around the time that I was um, learning about Barbara Brennan. And I had heard her name and her school. Is it an institute or academy or because it's an accredited uh, school, right? Like it's a four year. You're talking about my school now. Yes. Barbara Brennan. Yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a school. Yeah. It's a an, it's an accredited nationally recognized four year degree, correct? Like a bachelor's degree. Y you can choose to do a bachelor's where you'll actually get a degree or you can just do the school's curriculum as well. Oh, interesting. They, they, they have done both. I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. So it is a healing school, correct? Yeah. Uh, yes. What kind of healing? <laughs> uh, um, this school is a gift to the world. Uh, Barbara Brennan really was able to break down human behavior and created a program where the healer or somebody that is drawn to this work can come and really deep dive your own healing journey. Yeah. So a lot of what we do is really introspection on ourselves because the theory is when you're doing healing work, our shit comes up, not necessarily the person we're working with because yeah. a lot of what we do is transference and projection. And when we are able to take ourselves out of that mindset, that's when the magic happens. Yeah. And not only, and by I mean, it's a gift in itself to just do your own healing work. I mean, to, to put anything out there, I wouldn't give it up for the world, but you gotta be ready for it too. Yeah. It's, Tell me more. So Barbara Brennan, um, what was she known for? What's her background? Can you give us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'll, I will do my best because I've never met Barbara. She actually passed away as I started this first year. Yeah. Um, she recently passed away. Um, so Barbara was a, um, NASA scientist of some sort in her first career. And then she started to really tap into, you know, visuals of seeing auras and stuff like that. Yeah. And I know that a lot of her work before she started the program was with psychologists and other mental health uh, professionals where she would collaborate and witness what was happening, but give the energetic uh, description to the facilitator so that they can work together to help the patient. Yeah. And then she wrote books, you know, the hands of light and um, light emerging and some others. And Barbara was also known for channeling. Um, she channeled a being called Heowen who gave her a lot of this, information that is used in the core curriculum at the school. Wow. That's really cool. So which, because you already have several degrees, which are yeah. you doing? Are you doing like the four year degree or are you doing just the curriculum? So, um, yeah, so I was in my master's to become a nurse practitioner when I first started, um, and founded Barbara Brennan. I put, I leave of absence to start my first year and I was going to make a decision after this, I'm yeah. about to finish. And I made the decision. I'm not going to go back into nursing because this is where I want to be. 
Um, I'm just, so I, I would say chills when you said that. So something <laughs> in me is vibing with that. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, you know, I think being in healthcare, I was so nervous about other people's thoughts on me. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a chiropractor, I'm a nurse. And if I'm a nurse practitioner doing this work, maybe people will give me a, a higher pedestal than that. But is it for me or is it for other people? Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, fuck that. Like, this is for me. Yes. So, and it's all about time and energy. And I don't want to continue. I d I've done enough school <laughs> for, for other reasons. So it's for me, this part of my life is about what's for me, what resonates for me. And this education, I cannot promote it enough. It teaches us how to connect with other people. Yeah. And it should be, it should be what we get taught as human beings. Yeah. I know that. And how to do your taxes. Like we should do totally. that, that, no. that would be nice. <laughs> how to vote, how to do taxes, how to do all of that stuff. Um, wow. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I, if I may get on, on that same boat that you're sailing on sure. and let's have a little party because I feel the same way. And for oh, me, I come that. from a makeup artist background. So I, I work in television and film as a makeup and special effects makeup artist. And I've had to really let go of my, like even this past week, I don't want to say I got some hateful DMS, but slowly on my main, I've been incorporating my crystal business, my crystal and rock shop. I do like pop-ups at the North Hollywood farmer's market. And I'm also doing customized, like the way I buy my crystals is very intuitive and they're intuitive in the sense that I'm buying them for other people. So I'm kind of like Ooh. the conduit of, it's going to find its home. You know, it's going to find the right person. It's all, I don't know how to explain it. It's like energetic nets and webs all connected. Right. And so as I'm trying to kind of talk about it and promote it, I'm not really trying to push it on anyone. I'm just making myself available for all those who seek come and find. And okay. yeah, I got like this crazy message from, someone who it was very negative, you know, and then kind of like started aligning me with Satanism and like satanic practices for a hot second. I was like, Whoa, like it's a quartz crystal, like calm down. I'm just selling rocks and minerals. Like, not the quartz crystal. No, I mean, I'm not even like, I was like, you realize you're holding quartz, you know, it's, right. it's in phones, yeah, clocks, your computers. It's, you know, if you've had a diamond or a cubic zirconia or, you know, even gold and silver can grow in a crystalline structure sometimes. So I don't know. I was just so taken aback by that. I'm like, man, you're really triggered. And I haven't even officially come out of the psychic closet yet. I mean, it's, it's about Ooh. to happen probably by the time this airs, but I was just like, whoa. And I really had to sit with the who gives a fuck mantra, you know, <laughs> and just remind myself, like, you know why you're doing this, right? You want to help people. You want to help facilitate people to things that bring them joy. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not selling medicine. I'm selling a rock that can make someone really happy when it's pretty and sitting on the windowsill or something, you know? Right. Um, so I don't, I grew up in Texas and I have a, a lot of conservative clients, people that might not be ready to hear what I'm about to say. They might not be ready for the woo aspect of my life to come into the spotlight. So um, I've already made my peace with, you know, how is your environment 
for this? Like, mm -hmm. is it supportive? Do you have like a good community supporting what you want to do and where you want to focus? What's that like for you? Ooh, great question. Um, I would say it's been a journey. Uh, the hardest part I think was my husband jumping on the spiritual train when he wasn't doing his own path. So, uh, we were in our masters together for, to become nurse practitioners together. Mm -hmm. He just finished his degree. Um, so when I jumped ship and went on my own path, I think that that was the, the biggest obstacle in my life. Um, for my schooling, sure. we have a beautiful, beautiful community. Um, we have about 25 of us in my class and it is the most loving, supportive group of human beings you could ever imagine. Is this so, in person or is it online? So our schooling is hybrid. We go in person every two months for five days. And we're all really, you know, some of us more than others are all really connected with one another outside of it. I'm going to see a lot of my classmates tomorrow, actually. That's cool. Yeah. And, and that, I think, is really what has given me the foundation to not care what anybody else thinks. Yeah. I have my core group where I can be as real as possible and not care and accept all of me and just show that to the world because if I have this group, then what am I afraid of? Because I don't, I don't like everybody out in the world. No offense. You know, yeah, there's yeah. people that just aren't my cup of tea and I don't expect to be everybody's favorite person either. But when you have that foundation, that is, that's this, that's what makes this whole journey easier. Yeah. I feel like with spiritualism, I saw a lot of things that I didn't like in myself, like being judgmental. And, you know, it's really easy to get baited into you know, somebody who does a horrific crime. And then all of a sudden you're like on the hate, you know, bandwagon. And you're just like, man, that person needs to suffer and burn and throw the book at them and all this stuff. But then there's also a part that like hooks you back and you think, huh, I wonder what sort of spiritual journey they're on. Like, were they supposed to do that? Was that part of their plan? And why does their plan have to involve hurting other people? But then you think about the victims and you're like, wait, was that part of their plan or was it accidental? Like I, <laughs> I blow my own mind up every night. Like, you know, it's always something in my head because I'm thinking about this stuff all the time. And I mean, does that ever happen to you? Do you ever feel like, um, like you, you work so hard to get to a cliff and then something knocks you down and sends you several steps back. And then you have to like work, to get back up there, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I I would say that I think it, it's like a roller coaster. Um, healing to me is never done; it's lifelong, and there's always situations. You know, you brought up Housewives, and I am a huge Real Housewives fan. Are you watching um, Vanderpump right now? Are you following? I, I do not watch Vanderpump. <laughs> I watch Beverly Hills, but they never got me with the forced one clips. I was like, nah, I don't need that. Yeah. Um, but now everybody's <laughs> raving about it. I'm like, shit, I should God. be watching it. Me and my partner were literally watching it the other morning, like with tears, we were crying. We're like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, we're so invested and it's kind of funny because I never, ever, like I, I rejected watching that show for a lot of reasons. And my friend hit me up the other day and she was like, hey, are you watching the show? And I have friends who produce on it. I mean, it's very incestuous Bravo world. And um, I was like, 
no, no. And they're like, oh my God, you have to, you have to watch. And it's a little weird for me too, because actually several of the cast members live around wow. like a few blocks away from yeah. me, like uh, Tom, Ariana, Jax, oh, like <laughs> Schwartz, you don't know these people, but they, we live in their neighborhood and, wow. and it's just really weird. You know, it's like, hmm, I guess we'll watch it now. It just feels very bizarre and surreal to watch these people's lives because it's theoretically they're unfolding around us. It's a little weird. Right. So you watch <laughs> The Housewives. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? Oh, I, I, it has changed, right? Because I would say I was very vocal in my opinions on a lot of housewives as watching through. Yeah. And now I'm trying to meet my judgments because it would be interesting to go back to my tweets because I'm sure they're out there in the ether and to see what I was bothered by because we project what we're bothered by in ourselves. Interesting. You know, (laughs) I like that. Like a nice little research project here. What what didn't you like about your life that you're complaining about other people? Because that's all we do. Yeah. That that we wouldn't be bothered if it didn't bother us about ourselves. I think the majority though is injustice. You know, I think injustice is the, is the appetizer platter that like sucks everybody in to sit down for the main Mm -hmm. meal. You know, it's like people love to see injustice and then criticize it. But again, you know, reality shows are edited you're mm. only saying a very small part of the bigger picture. Right. And, and I think that's what used to bother me so much about when I worked with the show that I worked on is there was oh, so many, so many things happening behind the scenes and all this drama. And it was such a small part that people are casting these really harsh judgments and saying really mean things. And I'm just like, you don't even know, like, you don't even know you weren't there. You don't even go here. And, and, you know, and uh, like I said, like now that I'm getting older and I'm becoming more wise, I also don't have as many judgments because now I'm like, well, they are on reality TV for a paycheck. Like this is what they signed up for Yeah, to be even bothered or emotionally invested besides just enjoying it for pure entertainment. Yeah. It's kind of silly because this is not... Like you're, you know, more than anybody out there, it it is not even for real. It's not reality. It is produced drama. Yeah. (laughs) It is produced drama with some nuggets of reality in there on some seasons. Yeah. And like, like it's entertainment. And and that's the kind of part that I try, I tried really hard to get out of binging shows because I feel like it's a waste of time. Like right now when I should be focusing on starting a business and all of this stuff and focusing on my content, I should not be giving so much energy to mindless stuff. But there's a part of me that feels like sometimes that's my only connection to something a little bit, like it's a distraction, but also Mm. I found that when I started my spiritual journey, it feels a little lonely. And that's why Mm. I kind of equate it back to being in the closet again, is there's, a whole aspect now of my life that I can't talk about around certain people. So I was closeting myself because I didn't feel safe to communicate these ideas. And, you know, that's, you know, kind of for me going back into this realm, it's, there is a fair amount of growth happening, but also 
PTSD triggers, you know, <laughs> or, you know, just triggers that took me back. And so I, I find that it's a little lonely. And as I put myself out there more and I talk to more people, I'm meeting more like minds and, you know, I'm really glad to meet you and to same here that you could be here with us. Do you have any big pride plans? Are you going to be going to Florida? I hear they have an amazing pride celebration. Um, one, I just wanted to say that I think you're going to attract a lot of your community once you start to share your truth. I think that what resonates with people is going to ultimately bring your core people to you. Thank um, you. Once this comes out. Thank you. Um, as far as pride goes, I <laughs> this is one of my things that I'm really trying to work on. I really remove myself from those situations. I don't like to drink anymore. I, I don't do drugs like that. So a lot of, to me, a lot of pride is that environment. Not yeah. that it is all that. Yeah. But that tends to be what surfaces. And I've just never really gravitated to that. So uh, pride to me isn't really a big deal in that sense yeah. because the pride is is helping the community and that to me is 24/7. Wow. So beautiful. Yes. Yeah, and like I I just try to, you know, like for Pride Month I was just sharing uh, LGBTQIA businesses on my social media. Like there's just little things that we can truly do as a community, let alone allies. I mean, our community alone could do so much more to support one another yeah. and actually be there for each other so that we don't feel isolated and alone. Like most, I would say do just from my experience with a lot of people within the community, yeah. there's a lot of alienation and loneliness and it, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing oh, that. If you'd like to find out more about today's guest, please check out the comment box below for more links and more information. Until next time, Lou family.